the comfort that a strategic plan can bring and and believe me, I know that sounded kind of funny, but when you build a strong strategic plan and you live by it, it, it is comforting because you know what to say yes to and you know what you can say no to and you're, you're measuring what matters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Joining us again on our show today is a nationally recognized leader in higher education with over 20 years of experience, Dr. Natalie Harder, president of Coker University in Hartsville, South Carolina. Natalie previously joined us on episode 67, Move Forward by Doing the Next Thing and 53 Building Strong Leadership Teams. Prior to joining Coker University in 2020, Natalie served as the Chancellor for South Louisiana Community College for eight years. Through her leadership, she built a student-centered culture focused on support, engagement, and retention, expanded the college's network of community partnerships, and led the college through several mergers. The CELCC reached unprecedented success in student outcomes, including increasing the graduation rate fivefold between 2012 and 2017, and doubling the number of degree, diploma, and certificate programs. Natalie will deliver one of our keynote presentations at our next virtual conference, Destination High Performance Higher Education, on May 17th and 18th. We hope you'll consider joining higher education leaders from around the country to share the success and bring hope to the future of higher education. You can learn more by visiting studereducation.com events. Today, we'll hear from Natalie, how she managed a leadership transition during a pandemic and talk a little bit about the future of higher education. Welcome, Natalie, to the show today. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. So let's start off. Over the past year, I've had the pleasure of continuing to work with you and connect with your team. You know, you were selected the, to be the president of Coker University. What aspects of your past experiences do you think prepared you for this position at Coker? I think that that clearly my maturation as a leader helped me understand that you know, this, this whole piece about, for example, Coker's future isn't about me. And, and it's primarily building on the important legacy pieces of the institution, making sure I have a, an outstanding executive team, and that we have integrity and excellence baked into everything that we do. I would say, Janet, you know, all of that has been a little bit tempered because of COVID, which was mm. is unique. Not that those, I've ever lost sight of those things, but they've been, well, particularly in the first, let's say six to nine months of the, of the pandemic, I started at, at Coker in June of 2020. You know, they've been muted. So there have been times that I've wanted to deal with an issue where I thought there was an integrity, but can't do that right now because we've had a bump up in COVID cases and we need to figure out how to quarantine a bunch of students. So I think that, so those monumental ways of moving forward are still there. It was probably, I had to approach some things a little bit different in in the first year, but I, I feel, I feel good about what I learned at South Louisiana Community College to to help me build a team and, and move COCA forward. Yeah. You know, it's so, so significant. You know, Natalie, I mean, in terms of sometimes we forget that as you've moved into that 
to the president's position. I mean, you've not really had the opportunity to work through kind of what, quote, has been a normal year. So I know you're hopeful that that's where you'll start off going into the new academic year in August. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The idea that that's a possibility, I think, energizes all of us a little bit. So we know we went through educational and transformational changes last year. And prior to the pandemic, higher ed was going through transformational change. And that, as you were talking about, my guess is that you would feel that that's been accelerated over the past year as well. We'll start with what are the biggest opportunities from the transformation that's occurred in the last year, and then we'll get to obstacles. But let's start with, you know, what are the opportunities? Yeah, I think opportunities in general for higher education was that if you were ever skittish about change or, or had a lethargy or a reason that you couldn't do something significant, you do not have any excuses anymore. Yeah. The entire world had to change. So if there is a time for boldness and courage in higher education, it's now. And a leader and a, an executive team and institution has the pandemic background that they shouldn't waste to do those things. Now, I mean, you hope an opportunity is that higher ed, did, higher ed doesn't just sit and wait for the next crisis, because I think that this should wake everybody up that nobody is immune to global impacts, right, or national impacts of, of whatever is happening. You know, it could be a pandemic, could be an economic downturn, could be natural disasters. I mean, I think that we've had enough challenges that have been out of our control that higher ed really has to learn how to be more nimble. I think that's, that is something that, that strong institutions will be coming out of this. I would also say to you that I think smart institutions are paying close attention to what business is doing and how they're operating and how they're thinking, how they're hiring. Uh, as we think about what matters for higher education as a whole, this is the time when you need to build, if you haven't built them, or cement, if you already have them, relationships with, with industry throughout your community and, and the communities that you serve. And industry is not just, you know, what you might think from a, from a manufacturer's or a service perspective, but what are you doing with your, with your not-for-profits and your community um, engagements? How are you becoming part of the fabric that builds up a community? Uh, every community that has been harmed because of the pandemic, there's a real role, a real opportunity for higher education institutions to be seen as as a arm and arm partner in that in those recoveries. Uh, great thoughts, Natalie. So even within your thoughts, there are some recommendations that we could apply, you know, tomorrow in higher ed that would be very worthwhile. So on the in the same question, looking at transformational change. You know, what are some of the obstacles in this transformational time? Right. The, you know, the brilliance of, of volatility is the fact that it's a, you know, a double-edged sword. Well, there's a lot of excitement about the future. There's not a lot of certainty, except that things will change. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, many of us are trying to work through how do we stay relevant or be more relevant than we've ever been. And when you're not sure how your students are going to look, and by that, I mean everything from what they want in your institution to how academically prepared they're going to be, to the, the jobs that they're interested in, which are, as you know, changing all of the time, what might have been 
some certainty around the inputs from a student perspective into the institution, there's uncertainty there. And then on that industry piece, you know, I think there's uncertainty there as well. There's opportunity, mind you, for example, no one can ever say you can't do a virtual internship anymore, but how quickly are companies going to pivot to say, well, now we, we don't necessarily care about that as much. We need them to be on the ground. So there's, I wouldn't, I don't know that they are, they're necessarily obstacles, Janet, but they're just things that you need to be thoughtful about and really think through and have the ability to move at the speed of business. Should your thinking prove you to have an unsuccessful approach, you've just got to be more nimble about it. I would, th- I would say the other uncertainty, maybe big uncertainty, is how, how higher ed itself is feeling about itself. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds yeah. weird, no. <laughs> but I think higher ed is either overly certain that we're going to get back to just being great and doing what we've always done, to the holy cow, I'm not even sure if, if what we're doing at my institution is good enough. So uh, again, I'm, I'm not sure I would say it's an obstacle, but I, I, I worry that either institutions are like plowing ahead because of what they thought always worked to this sort of analysis paralysis during the headlights, don't change it because we don't know how it should change and we're not going to change anything. Uh, yeah. but, but I think, I think in the end, overall higher ed is going to be okay. Yeah, I do too. And I, you know, I think it's in most all, all industries where even though we wanted to come out of the pandemic in many ways, we want to think about now we can grab onto something that's known. Probably the realization is that we're just enter- entering a new world of unknowns, you know, that we have to navigate. And um, that's going to be, that's yeah. the, that's our chat. That's all of our challenge, right? I mean, we'll chat. Those yeah. are the challenges ahead of all of us, which, uh, which can be, I, I love what you said. I mean, it can be exciting as opportunities, but it's certainly a challenge in front of us to navigate through. So as you think in, in particular about Coker, you know, as, as you look at the actions that you took and so thinking about your first year as president and you're coming in, in that first year, you know, what were the significant a- actions that you took there that you think will set the institution up for, for the, for a good future? Yep, I would say, you know, building on on your first question about the experiences, I made sure I had the right executive team and made some changes there very early on so that I had I had folks surrounding me with not only who are not only based in integrity and 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 believe in excellence, but were curious about how to be better, were really driven to work smarter. And so that, that there's a core group at the leadership helm that are, that are focused on the things that are important. You know, we quickly went into how do we put together a strategic plan for Coker? They, we were, you know, a ship kind of just being drawn along by the currents. You know, we had a strategic plan, but nobody really paid attention to it. Folks were surviving in a number of different ways. Unfortunately, Coker had three significant events, you know, within a four or five month period that really left them rudderless. And so the comfort that a strategic plan can bring, and and believe me, I know that sounded kind of funny, but when you build a strong strategic plan and you live by it, it it is comforting because you know what to say yes to, and you know what you can say no to, and you're, you're measuring what matters. So the getting the right leadership team together and then just starting, boom, right out with respect to, to guild, building a strategic plan is important. And then I think finally for me was 
the recognition that there was a huge need for transparency and a huge need for connection with the president's office. And so I feel fortunate that I came into it from a, an institution and a group of executive leaders who believed in those same things. And so the transparency part was just a matter of, you know, rolling some things out, having town halls, having honest conversations, admitting when I don't know things, uh, and then making sure that I was accessible so that, you know, folks could reach out to me at any time. And I think that gives folks a belief that, you know, you aren't just sort of, you know, vaporware, that you really are committed, that you really do care about them and you want what's, what's best for the university. I think you've just done a magnificent job the first year to set a great foundation, exciting opportunities ahead um, for Coker. Yes, as we conclude today, my worry for higher ed, Natalie, is, you know, there's going to be a lot of turnover, you know, in presidents as people don't want to have to work through the challenges that are ahead of us. So we're probably going to see, you know, some some new leaders or we're going to see leaders in existing positions have to change their leadership ways. So I, I, I want to end with this, you know, what will what will that future leader in higher ed look like? I think the future successful leader is is a leader that is grounded in integrity and grounded in excellence. I think when you work from those two traits, those two values, I, I don't know that you can go wrong because if you're not transparent, then you probably don't aren't working in an environment or a mindset of integrity. If you're not approachable, then there's probably not a lot of excellence occurring. If you are not collaborative, then there's probably not a lot of excellence happening. If if you're not trusted, then there's probably a lack of integrity. So I know it sounds simple, but I think that integrity and excellence, you know, that's how you find a president that's curious, that's committed, that's collaborative, that commu- who communicates. You know, Janet, there's the good and the bad. I think there are some presidents that need to move on. I think higher ed is in more challenging situation right now because we've allowed presidents not to be accountable or we've, we've sort of rubber stamped, yeah, that looks good. Or, or the only thing that we've cared about is growth. Well, quantity is not always quality. And so I, you know, I welcome the shift. I welcome the attention. You know, I want higher ed to be better. I'm first generation. And if I had, you know, only experienced excellent institutions, you know, my higher ed journey might have been easier, might have resulted in my having a lot less debt, might have resulted in some, some earlier successes. I certainly don't deny the fact that, that I sit in the president's seat because of higher ed. I certainly do. But I think about the, the, some of the things that I went through that I, I still see happening in higher education decades later, it, and it doesn't serve us well. When I say us, it doesn't serve institution, our students, this country, and, and just humanity well. So I, I hope we, I hope we, I know we're going to rise above it. It's, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but I think that you're going to find that, boy, presidents are going to have to be much more accountable. And that's easier to do if you, if you have integrity and, and you believe in excellence. You have those characteristics and you've grown to be just a, a phenomenal leader, Natalie. I've enjoyed the opportunity to 
to work alongside you and to stay connected and, and learn from you as you continue to move through your leadership journey. You know, the other thing I want to just kind of end with it for our listeners, just to remember from our last podcast over the years, but as you continue to move forward, you're very bold and you're a very bold leader. And I think, you know, as we move forward in this next decade, we're going to see higher education transform change and become even better than it's ever been. And we need bold leaders like you. So just appreciate the time with you today and appreciate your contribution to our field. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Janet. Natalie's expertise in leading change and building leadership teams to achieve results provide ways for all of us to learn. I look forward to hearing her keynote, Excellence and Integrity, the groundwork for leading and transforming organizations. So join us on May 17th and 18th at our Destination High Performance Conference. Again, to get there, visit studereducation.com slash events. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast, rate us on iTunes. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.